1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections in the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Terrace and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Hey, David. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what Jesus wants to teach us today?
2: Pray in the name of the Father, Robin Son, the Son Holy, Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you are... An awesome God, so generous and loving and patient. Thank you, thank you for all the good gifts. Everything is from you, Lord. Help us to to greet each day with a heart full of thanksgiving for all the gifts that you've given us, and then a heart full of generosity to share those gifts with with each other, uh, especially the gift of our faith, Lord. Please help us to be help us to be your your heart, your love, your joy, your peace in the world, with our relationship, so people can experience you in in our everyday our everyday lives as husbands and fathers, as wives and mothers, as sons and daughters and friends, uh, and all the relationships we have. As we open up the Word today, dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of your roadmap back home to you. So help us uh, to be teachable during this time and give us the courage to share with, with each person that we meet your love, and your mercy. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name the Father, Father, Son, and the Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you want to give us a little gospel love? Of- Absolutely. Uh,
3: again, this is Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed, and they went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant? as I had pity on you. Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. Rob, I think the Lord's serious about forgiveness. <laughs> Just,
3: just a little
2: bit,
1: you know. Oh, I, is, this, this, this beckons when the disciples asked uh, the Lord to teach them how to pray. One of the lines in the prayer is, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive others." Forgiveness is so, so key to us, and I love my man Peter because what does he do? He goes to the Lord. He doesn't come up with his own conclusion. He doesn't decide what was right, what was wrong. He goes to the Lord, not afraid, but in all humility, open and submissive to what the Lord's going to instruct him. And then he was obedient because the Lord came and gave his life for all humanity, that through the gift of his life, all can be saved, but not only saved as Jesus go on and says, that they may have life and have it in abundance. The Lord Jesus Christ knows the severity of unforgiveness. It is a portal that opens up, that allows the bitter roots to start to grow in our heart. It's the last word in, in this in this reading is heart. Those bitterness roots go into our hearts, and then those bitterness roots grow and create toxin toxic pockets that just continue to build pride and arrogance and all these other fruit of unforgiveness, you know, when the Lord wants to set us free. So he gave us the gift of his life so that we may be set free. If we go to him and we ask to forgive others the way God's forgiven us, we realize we've been forgiven everything through the gift of Jesus's life. But well, we need to do that also with everybody that offends us, to not hold it inside, not allow that portal to be open, to be set free and to accept the gift that Jesus freely gave us, the gift of his life, so that we may have life now and have it in abundance, that we may experience that heavenly reality here on earth.
2: We're we're blessed, David, on in our gospel reflection group that meets on Wednesdays, we have uh, a great group of guys and a few of the guys are are Amish brothers. And, uh, and they wrote a a book on emotional healing and it's all these different ways that people could be offended. And, um, I remember reading the book and and I said, I don't know guys, would it be too simple for me to sum up the book in, in this way that if someone approaches you with, with something, um, that, uh, you know, that there's two choices. Either, you know, you receive it in humility and you need to change, or you just forgive them. Like, if, if they're railing against you and it's totally off base and there's no merit to it, you need to forgive them. Or... If there is merit to it, you need to ask God to help you examine your life and then make, you know, ask Him for the grace to make the changes. And they're like, yeah, that pretty, pretty much sums it up. Uh, but, for, yeah, forgiveness, you know, what, what a great example we have with our, our Amish brothers and sisters and, uh, and how they, they forgive. It's a choice, right? I mean, they're in their pain, in their, in their anxiety, in their grief, they, they choose to forgive, and, uh, and, and they give lessons to the world.
1: You know, Robin, just what you shared there just just put a challenge on me because I find more often than not that person that rails against me, there's truth in what they're saying. There's something that's in me that needs to change. You know, I used to roll my eyes in different times. I had no idea the disrespect that was for other people. I used to be doing something else while people were talking to me. I didn't realize how disrespectful that was. It wasn't until people had the courage to tell me how that hurt them, how that offended them, and then thank you Lord for the gift of the ears to hear that truth that then the Lord did the work within me. So for me, Rob, I need to put up a mirror before I say, oh, that person needs forgiven. I say, what do you want to teach me, Lord? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times there's something in what's being said to me that's a character flaw, a, a a love flaw within me that needs to grow and improve and be purified. And that's where we can't do it without that not just personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but an ever-deepening intimate with one with him. I love it. Jesus approached or Peter approached Jesus. We can do that. We can approach Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior, absolutely. He's our King, absolutely. But the Bible tells us he's our friend. He's our brother. You know? So for me, I want to go to Jesus as my friend and start that not just personal, but ever deepening intimate relationship with him. Go to him and ask him. And then, you know what? How do I hear him? in the silence. Hear him in the silence. What do I need to do, Lord? And if you truly are in tune with that voice of the Holy Spirit, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it within your heart. You are. Yeah, this reading reminds me of
3: God's great mercy and also his justice. um, Because he says, you know, the king called, you know, the men to settle the accounts. You know, so there was like... Aspect of justice, I think there, but it also reminds me of um, recently at church that our priest pastor was um, given a homily and he was talking about, you know, like being a neighbor to our friend and loving each other. And that person who we may be kind to or love may not ever acknowledge it. They may not even say thank you. Mm. And so, not to be looking at what's owed me, you know, like you owe me something because I did you this kindness, I was good to you, I helped you or whatever, but God sees that and in His justice, He repays you in heaven like a a zillion times over. So, don't worry about like, you know, wanting to receive back what you think you're giving out, you know, that other person may never acknowledge it, but God sees it and He will, you know, He will pay you back.
2: And and our Lord tells us elsewhere, if we receive repayment now, you've received your reward. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, based on the way you're describing, I'd rather get my reward in heaven <laughs> than uh, you know getting paid back in kind here. And uh, it's, it's an interesting, time. We were at a school this week and we were talking about trust. We were opening up. And we we do school visits throughout the year, and we're open opening up this year, and we're praying for each other. and And at the very end of our opening prayer, I asked everyone to to pray for each other that we can grow in trust. That and I was with freshmen and sophomores uh, yesterday, and and we said, "There's going to be a lot going on in your freshman and sophomore year. It may seem a little crazy, right? But if we pray for trust, then we'll trust that that God even in the craziness can turn all things to good. And the same with you, Tom, or same with, with what you're saying that if we trust someone, we're going to trust what they say. So Jesus says, don't worry about it here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do something good, you're doing it because you love me and you're doing it for me and just trust that I got your back and I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. So, and even this, like, it takes a lot of trust to listen to Jesus's words here about forgiveness. So if we say, and Jesus could have chosen any five words on that painting when, when Faustina it was instructed by Jesus to paint the image of divine mercy, which he did. He said, put, Jesus, I trust in you. Out of all the words that could have been selected, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus knows that's the key. That's the key to our relationship with him, trust. So if we trust somebody, it doesn't mean we get lazy. It's like, oh, I trust in you, Jesus. I don't need to do my homework. <laughs> or I trust in you. I don't need to work out like I should. I trust you. I don't need to eat well. No, if we trust someone, especially Jesus, we're going to listen to his words because we trust him. And he's going to tell you, study like you've never studied before. Run like you've never run before. Treat the temple, your body, well with, with good food and sleep. Right? Treat the people in your life, life well. And he's also going to say, forgive. Even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. Even when the offense is so great, he's telling us to forgive. That takes a
1: lot of trust. And we look at St. Paul. St. Paul, it's like he's in a marathon race. He says, I hope I finish it. You know what I'm saying? So it's not something to be taken lightly. And I love what you said, Tom, mercy and justice. You see, because I believe without justice, mercy alone is not love without justice. It's Mm -hmm. both. And the Bible clearly, clearly says that because it says right in the Bible, for those who are loved are also chastised. Mm -hmm. Well, That's the justice part. Why? Because we've been given the greatest gift of all creatures created by God in that gift of free will. Because God wants us to freely choose to love him. Because love doesn't force itself on anybody. But love also is about mercy, great mercy beyond our understanding. But it's also about justice. And it says it right here. When our free will gift is abused, it says it right here. Should you not have pity on your fellow servant, as I had pity on you, then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers, should he pay back the whole debt. Listen to this. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless... Each of you forgives your brother from your heart. It's not about lip service. It's got to be a forgiveness from the heart through the grace of God, the working of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it is serious, serious business. If we in our free will choose not to forgive, the Father loves us that much that he's going to allow justice to take place. And he's going to not, not punish us. He's going to turn us over to the torturers so that through that event in our life, hopefully, and it says elsewhere in Scripture, hopefully in that turning over, we can be saved through that.
3: And then sometimes we we want to forgive from our heart and we really make that conscious act of the will that I forgive from the heart. But there's always that memory that of what the person did. And you may think that, well, I'm not being forgiving because I keep remembering the hurt. But at that moment, you could pray for that person. You know, you can say, I I forgive from the heart, but there's the memory of what they did keeps coming back to me, but I'll offer up a prayer for them or, you know, to to intercede for them
1: in some way. Well, I think that, that when that memory comes back, you have to understand my belief that's bait from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Now, what you choose to do with that bait is up to you. When that memory comes back of someone who's offended you, who've hurt you, who've pierced your heart, you have a choice. Turn that channel up louder Mm -hmm. and listen to it. That's the bait of the enemy when you take the hook. Or, as you just said, Tom, pray for that person. And I guarantee you and I promise you, because it's a tool the Lord has given me. If you pray for that person, those memories will become less and less and less, and they won't hurt you. But it's you then that ticks up the knife when you choose to play the record or watch Mm. that channel, and you then take and pierce your own heart, that self-mutilation of your own heart, when you take the bait of Satan and get hooked by him. So for me, it's all about prayer. That's how we get set free. And we help others.
2: Yeah, it's interesting how... In both cases, the one who was forgiven used the words, be patient with me and I will pay you back. And then those words were used towards him by the one that owed him much lesser, be patient with me and I will pay you back. And, uh, it's, and, and when he's using the words, uh, be patient with me and I'll pay you back, the master is moved with compassion. Right? So God, you know, he's always moving towards us, and he's always going toward and, and and compassion is what drove him to become one of us, <laughs> right? to, for Jesus to come and become one of us, to show us how to live, to show us that we will suffer, show us how to suffer with, with dignity and grace, that we will die, but with him and in him we will rise. But it's all a movement of compassion because we can't pay back. There's no way. Right, there's no way we can pay back uh the the gift that God gave us in our salvation. So it is a gift that needs to be accepted and opened and lived. But like this guy here, he could have been in relationship with the master, right? So say in our faith and we can be in relationship with God and have chosen Jesus as, you know, as our as our number one, but we have to live that. Like David said earlier, it's a marathon that if we then fall, we have to go back to God's mercy. It's not a one and done deal. Like you know, this guy if if he was on the team, this act that he did to his fellow servant, man, he's he's not – he needs to go back and ask for mercy, right? So in our life, if we're in good relationship with God now and we fall, we have to go back to mercy. We have to. We can't just rely on that, you know, I said yes once or I, you know, made a confession 15 years ago. No, we have to always go back. Always. Never take the mercy for granted. Always go back. And, and seek that mercy over and over again.
1: Yeah, because if God sent it right here. He's not only for, going to forgive you if you go to him seven times. He's going to forgive you seven times 70. And infinitesimal because those are the numbers of perfection. And I love what happens here. This is real key, I think, in learning lesson for all of us. When the fellow servants saw what had happened, here's what they didn't do. They didn't gossip amongst themselves. They didn't go home and tell their spouses. They didn't go tell other church members or other disciples. They were deeply disturbed. What did they do? It tells us right here. They went to their master and reported the whole affair. Too many times we take the bait of Satan and we gossip. We tell other church members. We tell our spouses. We tell other people. And we become tools of the enemy. But what does it show us here what to do? Not to do any of that, to take it immediately to the Master, to God the Father, and share it all. And that's what they did. They reported the whole affair, tell him everything, and then let him be the one that does. Again, scripture tells us vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We're not to have retribution, we're not to have vengeance. And my goodness, do not fall prey to the bait of Satan, which is gossip. And many times, many times, we can sugarcoat that gossip and say, "Let's pray for Billy Joe or whoever it is who just committed adultery on her husband mm-hmm. what 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 did you just do and you you put that announcement out there to the to the church group? You just gossiped, Stop that. You want to pray for Billy Joe, pray for her or pray for him, whoever it is. But you don't have to bring up the sin." And Scripture, again, tells us that whatever is brought up in the darkness should never be brought back up. It shouldn't be. Whatever happens in the darkness, don't bring it back up. And that's what we do. We fall prey.
2: And the last word, I just keep circling, heart, 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 from the heart, from the heart. And Tommy, you had mentioned, you know, sometimes we forgive and we think it's from the heart, but our memories, for me, I think I struggle with sometimes I forgive. It's an act of the will. So I forgive from my mind and it hasn't gone to my heart yet. And... I was just thinking as you guys were sharing, like, so what does that mean from the heart? Like, I, I should want everyone, no matter what they do against me or anyone, to, to be in heaven.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right? So if, if I'm truly trying to follow the leader, Jesus, he wants everyone in heaven. All mm-hmm. right? So if, you know, if someone offends me, they're offending God, and if someone sins against anyone, they're ultimately sinning, sinning against God, and my heart should be their, their reconciliation. That... Um, that they meet god's mercy and, and are able to accept that mercy before their last breath all right um so from the heart that's that's a that's a challenge you know like what's what's the desire of my heart is it truly that everyone has that that right
1: relationship with god so I think what's really key for me here and again we got to probe the scriptures to find this our hearts it are the the, the release valve of the wellspring of life, that our relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is meant to fill our hearts, purify our hearts, heal our hearts so that we then become that flow of living water to the world, flow of Christ to the world working in us, with us, and through us. And the Lord is telling us, you must protect that heart. You must keep those waters pure because elsewhere in Scripture, it tells us, you know, you can't have pure water coming out of, of an infected an affected heart, you know, that has impurities in it. So, again, it's either going to be a wellspring of life or it's going to be a wellspring of death. You can't have both flow from that same part of our bodies, which is the heart, which is where God dwells, the inner dwelling of God in us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is in our heart, and that should be the wellspring of life. But if those toxic roots start to grow of bitterness, of unforgiveness, it pollutes that wellspring. And guess what? We don't properly reflect that heart of Christ. Compassion, mercy, forgiveness, pure love.
3: Yeah, and when God... uh... You know, looks down on us. Another, uh, the same priest. He said something that he goes, "This is going to like shock a lot of you." when when I, when you, when I say this, but God doesn't necessarily love you. He loves the image of Himself that He sees in you, and His His whole. And he right. It sounds it sounds nuts, but when He looks into your heart, He wants to see His Son Jesus, and w- through our baptism. It's there, but we cloud it up with our, you know, sins and not being in the state of grace. So when he looks at us, he can't see his son in us because of the, those clouds of whatever we're doing, gossip and, and not everything else. So, uh, you know, he wants with all his heart for us to become more like his son, Jesus, like Like Monsignor Esses says, we have to become Jesus in the world. We are Jesus because that's who God sees when he looks at us.
1: Yeah, because we're created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. We're created in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. That is a correct statement. And God wants to purge from us anything that is not of himself. So any of our impurities have to be purged. And that's where we get the word purgatory. we as Catholics understand that if we are not in a state of grace, but we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We've asked for forgiveness of our sins. We have that period after death of purgation. Purgation is the purging of anything that is within us that is not of God. We cannot enter heaven holding on to unforgiveness. It's impossible because our Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our trespasses, and this is us speaking to God the Father, as we forgive others. So if we choose to not forgive somebody, we clench our fist and we can't fit through the eye of the needle. We cannot enter heaven until we let go and that area of unforgiveness, is purged from us, which is that purgation period that all of us go through here on earth during our life. But I thank the Lord in his great mercy and compassion that if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and there are still impurities within us, that that purgation period is allowed. We don't know how long it is. We don't know, We don't know that. That's only in God's time and his realm. You know, he's outside of time to complete the work he's begun in us, in that purgation process, so that in heaven, we all, in our uniqueness, perfectly reflect the image and likeness of Jesus Christ.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. So there's, there's so much to, to pray about and think about. And, and I think we're, we've all hit it, that, that prayer is so critical, by time and silence. Is, uh, is is crucial. So, the invitation to everyone is break away. Because if we think we're going to just stumble upon silence in our day, it's it's not going to happen. It's not unless we intentionally carve out time to allow the Father to fill us with His love, His joy, His mercy, His peace. It's not it, it's it's not going to happen. So, uh, this th- these are human problems, right? This this whole like, un- like people hurting each other. So if we think we can solve human problems with human interventions. We're kidding ourselves. We've been trying to do that for two thousand years since Christ came. How we doing, right? People are still fighting. Families are still broken. Wars are still happening, right? We, it's, it's, it, we need to have heavenly intervention, and the only way that can happen is with each one of us receiving first, and then, and then going out into the world so they can see. Christ. They can see his mercy, his love, his joy, his peace. So break away, carve out. Even Just like when you work out, don't don't do a whole bunch at once, but just carve out a minute today. And then just like your workouts increase. And and sooner, sooner than later, if you really enter into that silence, you will crave it.
1: And one of the big things is in that silence, Rob, is invite the Holy Spirit into your heart to shine the light and reveal to you the impurities. Because in our own broken humanity, we can't see our own sin in many cases. And, and there's been times where I'm, I've been so proudful. I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. I don't have to go to confession. And next thing I know, my spiritual director says, you want to go to confession? I go. And the sins that come out of me because I invite the Holy Spirit to help me to see them are profound. So you know what? Forgiveness, Rob, is meant to set us free, meant to give, be a blessing to others. And it's not of humanity. It's divine. So go to the Father, ask for grace, Forgive each and every person that's offended you. Be those lights to the world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.